Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Hashtag Get Merry podcast, helping you live your healthiest, your happiest, your most merriest life possible. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas, a.k.a. the Merrymaker Sisters, a.k.a. the Marys. So are you ready? Let's get merry. This is episode 89 on the Hashtag Get Merry podcast and we are back in the studio and we're super duper excited because we have our good friend Bronnie Ware joining us in the studio today. Hello, Bronnie. Hello, Carla and Emma. <laughs> Hello. We're so, so excited that you're here and so grateful yeah. for driving up from lovely, tw- is it Tweet? Shh. By- oh, wait, we don't. Down that way. Down south, <laughs> Byron, that area, or north, or or wherever she lives. In some west, east, we the, don't know. The north coast of New South <laughs> <laughs> and, and where do we live? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> um, no, we do. Everyone knows. Oh, gosh. If you haven't heard of Ronnie, where have you been? Have you been under a rock? Because she is the amazing author of one of my favourite books, actually, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, which um, we've got some questions to ask about yes. that. But also the new book, Bloom, which has just come out and it's an amazing book. I'm up to chapter 17 and I'm already hooked on it yeah. and I can't wait to read the rest of it. So let's get into the podcast. Yeah. Well, I know when did we first hear oh, meet yes. Bronnie? We didn't, did we even meet when we saw her talk? On stage at the Hay House event. No, we were just like captured. By I know. I'm you. You laughing at heads off. You were so funny. Well, I was I was in in my element because I'm amongst authors when I'm at the writers' workshop. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's just like hanging out with a bunch of mates. So I yeah. get a bit carried away with with my humour sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely liked it a lot. So yeah. the top five regrets of the dying. That was your first book, right? Yes. Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. And. We would love you to share with our listeners, I guess, the overall story of how you came up with that book. And then I'm going to ask you what the top five regrets are. And we can get into those a little bit, but then we can get into some other stuff. And then we move to Bloom. Yeah. Sounds sounds good. Before we do, though, I'm going to just um, change direction. When you said that's when you guys met me. Yeah. When I first really paid attention to you was um, when you posted your rainbow uh, raw cake on social media and somehow it came up on my feed. And I hadn't started following you, but I saw it and I was about to – I was looking to – do a birthday cake for my daughter's third birthday yeah. and I was never one of those mums that could do you know the the Elsa frozen skirt thing and, yeah and full of flour and sugar and everything and so I was looking for this really great you know I made it as a birthday mama sort of cake and uh, and so I saw that one and so I did that and uh, and it was such a hit at the birthday party. Oh, no. The kids loved it. All the all the adults, you know, wanted to know. And I'm like, oh, that's the merrymakers. Oh, that's so cool. And so from then on, I I followed you guys because I I don't um I don't just follow everyone as much as there's so much good stuff out there because I'm very 
clear about the time I spend online. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want it to be stuff mm-hmm. that, that sustains me or makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it was from then I started paying much more attention to to what you're about. And, uh, yeah, so thanks for the rainbow, raw rainbow cake. Oh, oh our well, pleasure. I do love that cake. cake. Super is, fun cake. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's um very now as well. Like we should probably share it again because yeah. it's kind of like, you know how all everyone's posting about unicorns and magical yes, things? Yeah. It's quite a magical Well, it's like cake. the unicorn food. Yeah. You have to specify Sorry. that. Unicorn food. <laughs> food. A unicorn and unicorn food okay. is very different. Food that unicorns would eat. They would definitely eat the rainbow cane. Oh, yes. Def- oh, yes. Okay. Yes. okay. <laughs> I even wore a, like a rainbow wig and a rainbow oh shirt my gosh. that day at the party. Fun. Fun. Yeah. Well, oh. no, it, was, it was just a, like a fancy dress party. So Fun. I'm when there's a rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. That is a great costume. fancy dress yeah. costume. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, rainbow cake, rainbow mama. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I've, I've Digressed. No, I love digressing. I think it's Digress all about all you want. All about the digress. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the use yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll do for us. <laughs> but okay. I do want to get into this this well, story. I think okay, like sure. what was so amazing when you spoke about your writing store mm. journey, I guess, yes. um, on stage was of course like how many people have read your book. Like it's just – I mean we were just sitting there as learning, young, like gosh – we have no idea what we're doing. We want to write a book. And we we're like, this is like the most epic thing ever. Like how many people have read that um, book? About a million. Yeah, <laughs> with a movie a movie in the pipeline. Like, oh, my God, I'm so excited about the movie. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, it's, you know, I'm growing into that idea. It's pretty <laughs> surreal, I guess. Mind you, I, I have nominated Chris Helmsworth as my love interest, I will just say. Um, can we please make sure that happens? <laughs> yes. If it we does, need I that. need to come to the um the filming <laughs> <laughs> and just hang about. Yeah, yeah like we could be like your assistants for the day because yeah. you need to be there, right? Well, I'll I'll just be hanging about myself. <laughs> 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 Yummy. Have you nominated someone for yourself, or we're not allowed? Yes, to I have, that? but I, I have. It's but a I'm secret. Not it's a secret. Yeah. Someone whose work I admire greatly and. She's a lot like me in the sense that she's her work's well-known. I mean, she's much more well-known than I am. But she just lives a regular life and doesn't sort of schmooze the big limelight. Mm. I love that. So I figured that she would be able to grasp my, my character. Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty strange. The, the script writer, when she was developing the character of Bronnie, um, she read the book like five times wow. and doing this this character analysis of my my brain. I just oh my felt gosh. so intruded upon. But she came out the other side with a really good um, wow. a really good summary of me and just said I'm a gentle rebel. And it was like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe a sensitive rebel. One of those things. But I just thought, oh gosh, she's she's got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when so. I read like when I read your book, that one and this one, like I think it's crazy. Cause I, I met you before. I I met you before, like just briefly on the stage, and then I read your book before we had lunch. Yes, and so I felt like I knew you. And like when we met, I was like, I've got all these questions. Like, <laughs> are you vegan still? Like, what about this and what about that? And I think it's so amazing that you were so open at sharing everything. Like, is that hard? Yes. Yeah. I, I sort of consider myself. Well, I do consider myself as a very privacy loving mm. introvert mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. my best mate who's known me since I was 11 she said to me one day and which part of yourself do you actually consider private anymore Bron like yeah you know you've shared your whole world your whole life with yeah. the world 
But for me, it's not this calling to uh, or this yearning to share myself. It's a, a desire to honour my heart mm-hmm. and my heart calls me to share. Yeah. So that's why I do it and I do it so openly because I think, okay, I it stretches me every time I share anything, including two incredibly personal memoirs. So... It really um, tugs at me and there's times I think, oh, do I really Mm. have to share this? Mm -hmm. But I also know that if I'm creating a life free of regret, I have Mm. to honour what my heart is calling me to do. Mm -hmm. And my heart Mm -hmm. is calling me to use my life as an example for others. Mm. And so if I'm going to share, then I'm just going to be a completely open book. I don't want to have to filter it and think about it later and think, Mm -hmm. oh, did I say that bit in the book or didn't I? I just Mm -hmm. think... If I'm going to share, then by covering all aspects of life or, you know, obviously I probably keep a little bit for myself, mm. but um, which I do, I have to, but if I cover most aspects of my life, then there's something in there for everyone. Mm. Yeah. People will relate to some part of it. If they don't yeah. relate to being ill, you know, they'll relate to the challenge or they'll, yeah. they'll relate to the longing for home or mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Yeah, so. well, I think... Um, Everyone's kind of craving this connection, is aren't they? Yes. And it's like you sharing this yeah. is helping so many people. So mm. it's like, of course, you want to do that because you are like such a loving and caring person, and you can tell that like that. It's like, like that's why you do it, I guess, to connect with yeah. people and to and to just help them and, and to to that's right to help us all get connected. Yeah, and I, and I think that's possibly the the success of it all. Because yeah. I have just been a real person that people relate mm. to and the more we can be vulnerable and, mm. and just be us, our complete self, yes. 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 the better the world is on every level. Oh, yeah. It feels so good when you be yourself. Oh, it's easier. It's, it's just, you know, there's this no work. You don't have yeah. to go back and undo yeah. stuff and make an effort or, or, you know, it's not like when you get home and you ditch your bra and, you know, yeah. and you say, oh, I can be myself. I mean, I've got a bra on, okay. But, <laughs> Like, I'm always, I'm always like, no bra, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes just like sports bra, like, yeah, I'm just going to leave Pretty my Pretty much every bra. day sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't remember the last time I wore a bra. <laughs> I got real bra. <laughs> Whoops. But we've got to be ourselves, you know. You've got to be comfortable yes. in, yeah. in who you are and in, in what you're about. As soon you know. as you start being someone else or like not 100% being yourself, it's just start. You get that icky feeling, don't oh, you? It's and just too hard. the bad thing is, or the the hardest thing is that sometimes you don't realize until months have passed, and you're like, oh, like I've been acting this way around this certain person, mm. not being a hundred percent myself, and now I feel this unease in myself. Yeah, yeah. and it's like you kind of need to like dig deep and like go inwards and return I find. to who yeah. you are. Mm. Yes. So how do you do that? Like you have, like your book is kind of this service for many people like what about you like how do you get self-connection yeah well I try really hard not to lose it anymore and one of those gifts Mm. uh, one of the many gifts of working with dying people has been um, that I I really have let go on you know so many levels of what people think of me and so I I've learned to be really gentle and, and kind with myself and this is who I am and there's days I know I could do it better or differently or whatever but but I'm pretty much showing up as who I am mm. now and and I didn't always I I was very withdrawn mm-hmm. and um and found it easier to say nothing than to actually yeah. be myself yeah but the more that we can face death and this is I talk about this in in 
top five regrets for the dying. The more we can face death, then the more courage we have to be ourselves because we let go of what other people think of us, yeah. which is about the first regret as well. So the first regret was people wishing that they'd had the courage to live a life true to themselves, mm-hmm. not the life that other people expected of them. So, you know, we're so shaped and, and you know, unconsciously and and certainly unintentionally, we can be so shaped by what other people think of us and we can step into those other roles and put on those other masks. But as as we deal more with, with death and face death and consider that our time on this planet is limited mm. and every day we get up is one day less of our lives, then Gosh. we actually find the courage to strip away all that nonsense and think, hang on a sec, this is my life now. Mm. There's no... There's no second chance. I mean, there might be reincarnation later, but, you know, you could come back as a dog. So you don't know. <laughs> or a <laughs> hand. Yeah, you, you've got no idea. Yeah. Or you might come back in a different body that's not going to do the things yeah. you want to do. And you won't life. remember. Well, chances are you won't. Yeah. Or, or if you do, you'll well, forget by the time you want. Yeah, yeah that's so true. Yeah, so, you know, the more that we can talk about death and we can face the fact that this is an incredible gift we've got and it's right now and it's happening now and there's no – practice this isn't a practice run this is it then the more it gives us we can find the courage step by step to really step up up into our best self and our most authentic self so for me when I go out there you know a a lot of times when I've been at events um especially in Europe because in Europe I'm I'm pretty big over there Mm, and um and so people have come up to me at events and said oh but you're so real and and it's like, well, what else can I be? Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. What else am I going to be? You've just, it, it's just not worth it for me, for my energy yeah. to be anything else. And I might have been more successful. I might have had a huge, a bigger following if I was a great networker and schmoozer and out there playing the publicity role mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. public role. But it's not who I am. Mm, yeah. I just like hanging at home and reading books I and totally having one on one conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, you won't find me out in a crowd in high heels. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so refreshing though, like to hear that because you are a huge, amazing success and you've done that by being you. Like you yeah. don't have to be a certain way to be successful. Yeah. Like yes. it's just about being you and sharing your truth. Like that's what you've done. Like you followed your purpose and the successes like come from yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I mean if if anything – as a takeaway from today, that is a really important point that we don't have to be anything other mm. than ourselves to be successful. That's that's where the, the biggest chance of success is, yeah. in being yeah. ourselves, not in trying to to step up and yeah. be anything else. Like that's so. our magical power, isn't it? Yeah, Just being because no one is exactly like you. No one is exactly yeah. like you. I mean, we're kind of similar, <laughs> but Ooh, we're very different. different. We're very different. Yeah. And I mean, like as a team, it's like boom, like yeah. amazing. But yeah, like. It's so weird how we kind of go through, I guess maybe it's like the schooling, like I don't know, like how we grew up where we put all this stuff in our heads and our hearts where we shouldn't be who we really are. Like I – well, it, I cl- we've done it. I clearly like, would through business but yeah. as a kid as well. Like yeah, I sure. always remember worrying more about what people thought about me and I still go back into it every now and again. Yeah. And maybe it's just our, our you know, primal innate – want um desire to have a sense of belonging yeah you know it, it could just be that that 
that even as young young children, you know, I have a yeah. five year old, and you guys have met her, and uh, she's so cute. We love she her. So <laughs> like, where is she? <laughs> We're like, do you think she's gonna come today? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She'd have taken over. <laughs> Dancing on the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, even with her, she'll say stuff that that'll be about looking like other people, and I'll be mm. saying, but you don't want to look like everyone else, like because no. she's got this golden curly oh, hair she wants to grow it long like Rapunzel it's like oh. the poor little thing it's been growing for like <laughs> a year and a half <laughs> still hasn't got past shoulder length oh, because it just gets curly and curly it for yeah. one day. <laughs> look how long it is I know we, we wash it in the bath and she's she's got a head oh. like, measure it now mummy measure oh. how long it is that is the best I know. but isn't that insane like yeah, so young to, that's right she wants to be like all her mates oh, and wow. Uh, here I am as as the opposite in, in yeah. her mother saying, what do you want to be like everyone else? Yeah. Oh, you don't want that, you don't want that. And then I yeah. just think, no, let it go. This is part yeah, of what true. she has to do. Yeah. And, and, so, and it must be some kind of natural instinct. Yes, and I mean, like, yeah. it does feel good to belong and to, to yeah. I guess, connect. And sometimes we might put that as like, okay, we need to be like each other. Yes, yeah. And that's connection. But actually maybe you just need to communicate more and like connect on that deeper level and accept everyone as individuals and then mm. it's like, yes, feel good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, we have to – I guess we have to go through it to know it on the other side. Yeah. There's, there's a big difference between knowing and doing. Yeah. Yes. You have to experience yes. it sometimes. And then, of course, like then you have stories to tell, mm. like when you do go through that stuff. How yes. long were you um, looking after people who were dying? Um, about eight years. I took about wow. a year out in the middle of it to do um, Certificate 3 and 4 of music at TAFE. Oh, yeah. And um, so while I was doing that, I was the singer-songwriter of an evening. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I looked after – I went into it because I'd come from banking corporate background mm. and I wanted a job with heart. And so I took on a job as a living carer and the first woman I looked after became terminally ill and that led me to the agency I was working with said I I handled it well, did I want more work in that field? So little did I know that it was going to to be so much a part of my calling. But even while I was doing it, you know, I was writing a journal a lot of the time because my patient would be asleep. I was Mm. caring for them in their homes. And... You know, I was writing a journal and it was more just about my own transformation. And But I saw my work as a carer and then I'd go out of a night and gig or on days off and, and do songwriters, the songwriting circuit around Sydney and then Melbourne. Wow. And I saw them as two separate things and yeah. I had no idea that all this work I was doing with dying people was actually going to be my main creative um, birth. I just think that's so crazy. Yeah. No skills so you, are lost. You don't know. It. No. Like no, you didn't com- know. <laughs> I saw them as two completely yeah. different lives. I was doing caring work to earn, so that I could earn money to be a singer songwriter and get my get my message out, my creative <laughs> message out there. Yeah, and and, then, it, and I loved my work, and I devoted yeah. myself completely to my patients when I was with them. Amazing. But, but then I just saw it as completely separate. And then after I stopped, I started burning out and getting really tired of it mm-hmm. after a lot of years and I wanted to work where there was hope. Mm. So through one of my patients, uh, a friend of one of my patients, she had worked with Philanthropy Australia or, or in philanthropy she'd sort of run a lot of big things in, in within the philanthropic world in Australia. And so I said to her, I wouldn't mind setting up a songwriting program in a women's jail. And I'd never taught before, I'd never... Um, been inside a jail but somehow the idea just popped up and 
And I wanted to work where there was some hope. And mm. so she said, okay, well, you know, if you looked after this patient, the way, and the patient I was looking after was really hardcore, mm. like a lot of hard work and mm-hmm. very, she'd been um, a boss and was used to bossing people around. And I had to actually get really firm with her a few times, like, no, we're not going out without your jacket on today. Uh, yeah. You know, it's Melbourne and it's winter and I am, I'm not taking you out if yeah. you're not going to put your jacket on. And so she ended up, uh, this patient and I ended up having a really great relationship because I was strong enough to deal with her. And this friend of hers said, if you dealt with her, you can deal with anything. I'll help you find the funds. Wow. And so I ended up getting funding for um, to teach in, in this jail. And... Um, and so after I did that, I, um, soon after I got that up and running, a music magazine asked me to write an article about it and I did that and then um, I, I wrote an article about teaching in the jail. And then I, when I was writing it with a pencil, with my pen, with a cup of chai beside me, um, <laughs> I thought, why aren't I writing more? I love writing. Mm. I'll start a blog. And so the blog was called Inspiration and Chai. And so, oh. so then I thought, well, what do I write about? And I got this very clear, intuitive guidance, write what you know. And I say that mm. to anyone who's yeah. a writer, write what you know. Don't try and write what you think the 100%. audience wants. Just yeah. write, so cool. write what it's you so know. It's so true. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's your expe- expertise. Yeah. So I thought about what had had the most profound effect on me during all my years with the dying and it was their regrets and the anguish and despair of their regrets. So I wrote the article and then I... Um, kept teaching in the jail and then I started burning out big time and, mm. and I was living in the Blue Mountains at the time and then I moved up to the mid-north coast and rented a little cottage on 2,000 acres. Wow. Yeah, and it was just beautiful right by a creek with lots of frogs and stars yeah. and everything. But I burned out there big time and, and went through depression. So it was it was a, yeah. a, an amazing healing journey and um, a big lesson in, in receiving that I had to go through because mm. I'd just given and given and given. Yeah. And so the article was out there, but it didn't really take off until six or eight months after I had written it. Really? When I actually, after I'd gone through that burnout. And then I wow. actually said to Life Righto, I'm, I'm ready to get on with this now. Um, what's the next step? And boom, the article How crazy. just took off like ballistics went viral that sh- someone that shared it or something yeah um i had put it on an article site and um then the harvard business review wow and then it got slammed in um the financial times from that wow and, yeah and then a friend of mine in england who i hadn't seen for <laughs> 10 or 15 years emailed me and said brody where i can't believe it your name's in the financial Times. they're bagging you like crazy darling but don't worry you know and then from that wow. so they're just, bagging you they yeah, were that well because the second regret is i wish i hadn't worked so hard yeah yeah so then it was this um editorial about how dare she say about you know you shouldn't work so hard a lot of us um our, our work keeps us going and we love our work and da 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 and as I said, you know, when people started asking about it, don't shoot the messenger. I'm not. The I one know. Who that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> wait a minute. Like, these, who's who actually said the regret? Yeah, the dying are, people, like. <laughs> and the men who had been like these exactly. people bagging me and yeah. had said, "Oh, you know, I really stuffed up here. I didn't. You know, it's okay to love your work, but you've got to leave space for other things." Oh, and so, so from that, it sort of took off. And then an agent contacted me, asked me, "Did I want to write a book?" And I'd said, "Well, wow. I've always thought I'd write a memoir." and the only way I can do that is write about the five regrets is to show how it changed Mm, my own life because it had and then she tried to get it published and 
couldn't get it published after 25 rejections or something. And so I just thought, oh, well, I, I was an independent singer-songwriter. I'll be an independent author. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the book, the article in the first year, it had um, over 3 million views. Oh and then gosh. in the first three years it was like 8 million now. Like, you know, I don't oh, know. my God. That's a lot of views. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just in a That's tracky a jacks lot of on this farm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And it was just, and it was, you posted it and it was just sitting there for, yeah, six or eight months. I just think that's amazing. <laughs> like, and it was just waiting. Mm. And until I the was right time. Writing, until I was wow. Writing. That's yeah. so magical so, and amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. And all this international media is coming my way. Gosh. And I'm just, you know, in, in my tracky dance <laughs> on, on the farm. And, and so yeah. then, so you shared the article, the agent tried to get it published. 25 rejections, you decided to self-publish. Yes, yeah. And so because the article was still going ballistic and people were, mm-hmm. would write to me and say, can I post it on your blog, every time they wrote to me, which plenty didn't, they just did it, Yeah. Um, naughty, naughty. But, um, you know, those who were kind enough to ask yes. when they reposted, I'd say, yes, but here's a link back to my website. Always, And yes. so I just changed the, the box at the bottom and said, based on this article, Bronnie has now written a book. Yeah. And so the book then started taking off as well and then got a really great review um, in The Guardian. I love The Guardian in the UK. They have oh. they've done so many good things for to support my career. Oh, oh that's amazing. Yes, yeah. Um, so they wrote about it and said it was heart heart wrenching, and yeah. so that sort of um, gained all this momentum. And by now, it's it's you know I've written the book and everything. It's it's a year or two after the article had first gone out, and I was in labour, about to have a baby, and it's just going ballistic. And I'm doing interviews from my hospital. Oh bed. my god. <laughs> Just thinking this is ridiculous. You're like, how did I end up here? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting all these emails saying, have the foreign rights been sold for this country? Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Just like just, this massive yeah. journey, adventure, and in amazing. In the meantime, I've got boom, the, the, the <laughs> baby's kicking and the, the labour pains. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was just the timing of it was it was pretty crazy. And uh, Yes, yeah. So... I um, I had just said to all of the inquiries I didn't know how to deal with, we'll get back to you when we yeah. make a decision. Yeah. Um, we being me. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, the team. Me and Emma. <laughs> and our mum. Yeah. And our VA. Yeah. But it's a big team. Yeah, well, that's it. I, have, I, have a team. I do have a team or two now. Yeah, that's a big I team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, then the night before my daughter was born, um, I was still, I had my laptop on the hospital, on the bed, and I was doing interviews to uh, all over the world, oh my and gosh. and people were trying to get my phone number, and I always guard my number, always yeah. have. And one of them had done an interview where I'd house at a friend's place, and they kept the number on file. That's the word of warning. And um, and so they were ringing her at like eleven o'clock at night, saying we have to interview Bronnie Ware, and she's saying she's in hospital having a baby, and this is a mama who'd birthed six kids. So she's oh like, my god. You are not getting past <laughs> like, me, who do you brother. think you are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Far out. Yeah, so um, in the end, you know, I, I just did as many as I could then shut the computer that night and sent out a really strong prayer and said, send me help now because my baby's on, on her way. 
I I won't do this anymore. It had taken 14 years to get to this point, I forgot to say, 14 years of trying to make a living through the creative path. And so, you know, I'd been growing into this mm. readiness all that time, mm. first as uh, doing photography and writing inspirational quotes to go with photography before that was the normal thing. Wow. This is before, before the internet and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, then photography, then, then music and, and then the book. So... You know, I had given everything I had to it, but I also knew I was a, I was 45, I was giving birth, wow. I was very blessed to conceive naturally and quickly, I was going to be a mother, I didn't want to be, I, I had to be present with my yeah. child, yeah. so I was actually ready to let go of the career completely. Wow. And, uh, and the next day I got an, a phone call from Hay House offering me um, an international publishing deal. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> yeah, looking like a right dag in my mum's nighty. You know, there was heaps going on at the time when they rang. It's it's not always as, as you know polished as it seems. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so because I'd had all these contacts about foreign rights, as soon as I got out of hospital, I just forwarded all those emails. Oh, so good. Yeah, it was just beautiful. And yeah. as a result, the top, uh, Five Regrets of the Dime became the fastest foreign rights seller in Hay House history. Because wow. All the work was there and I just so had awesome. to send it on. That's amazing. Such an epic, epic story and I think um, a big takeaway for everyone listening is that, you know, things don't happen overnight and even though other people – have this overnight success. It might seem overnight It might seem success. overnight, but it so never, ever is. Really it's, a life, it's a lifetime of well, work. Well, you had an overnight success mm. and it took 14, 14 years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but so, it was still that overnight Yeah, thing, and like everything in the yeah. lead up is a contribution to yes. that yeah. massive successful thing. Yes, yeah, and I write about this a lot in Blue. Yeah. Because yeah. Book that timing and readiness yes. are a huge, yes. you know, catalyst in things arriving in your yeah. and, life. And do you know what I love, like, when I hear you talk, talk it's all about you know that intuition Mm. and like all and like that's the work it's just this Mm. this knowing this path is here and you've just got to like live through it and and see what comes your way and be open for everything and anything yes and I think that's extremely inspiring especially for I know we've been caught up in it in like you know the go get it go 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 go. sometimes it's like just surrender just stop Mm. which like this is a tale of courage surrender and breaking through upper limits there you go so and I think even (laughs) when you were just telling your stories now Bronnie like there was a lot of times when you said you just stopped and you just surrendered Mm. and you just like you waited like Mm. the it's like an example the article it was you wrote it eight months prior and it was like you just surrendered it to the world yeah um Let's talk about Bloom now. How, like, tell, like, what is this book filled with? <laughs> <laughs> There's pages. Well, it's another memoir, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's it picks up where Five Regrets finished. So yeah. if you've enjoyed Five Regrets, yes. you'll enjoy following this story. But if you've not read Five Regrets, this one stands on its own mm, as well. Mm-hmm, and I was very mm-hmm. clear about the cover being different and everything yeah. because it's. It's actually my favourite book. It's it's much um, stronger. It's very. I, th- I think it's more powerful. Um, when Five Regrets went out, it, it's it's still unedited. It, I just put it out. I couldn't afford an editor, wow. so I was drawing on like nineteen eighty four high school English at the time. Oh my gosh! Yes, I didn't see any mistakes in the book. Well, they, they may or may not be there. <laughs> I had one friend read it through. He was a high school teacher. Wow. Yeah, and um, and then I just put it out there, <laughs> and because Hay House wanted to catch the wave that I'd created. Yeah. 
because the editing process can take a year. Yeah. They didn't want to miss that. So it just got put out there without editing. So for me then I've written um, a, another book in between your year for change, which yes. is 52 short stories because yeah. I was ill and had a baby and I just couldn't give it, you know, the, a full book, the attention. And it's really beautiful in its own right, that book, and I'm very proud of it considering where I was. But mm-hmm. it's sort of been like the poor, neglected middle child in a way because... I'm the middle child. <laughs> oh, my God. So am I. It's all right. When I look back over Your Year for Change, I really love it. Mm. I just think it's such a sweet, beautiful book for for what it is. But mm. it, it had such big shoes to follow with Five Regrets yeah, and I just course. wasn't well enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after my daughter was born, um, within a few weeks of all of that happening with the publishing contract and, and the birth, I was then um, – I had some aches in my hands and feet and – couldn't shake it mm. and within sort of five or six weeks I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So I ended up going on this massive healing journey. So mm. for me the three are sort of entwined mm-hmm. because I've, yeah. I've never had the baby or the success or the disease without each other. Wow. And so had it not been for the success of Five Regrets, I may not have been able to surrender so much to the healing journey through RA as I've been able to. And yeah, so even though a lot of Bloom is about that journey, it's not only about that. There's there's other things in there. There's there's romance in there, and there's oh, I haven't um, gone to that yet. Oh, haven't you? No. Oh, gosh, oh, I'm that's very okay. excited. Well, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good romance. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's also because um, I've moved around all my life, yeah. and there was that longing for home and mm-hmm. and maybe just losing sight of what my heart really wanted and and falling for this type of home I wanted and then stripping it away and realizing hang on a sec simplicity is actually more important yeah. to me than, than anything yeah and a simple life and a simple home is more important mm. so what bloom teaches is that no matter what the upheaval and, and we all have them um it doesn't matter in what form it comes to us, that it's given to us from a place of love to bring us into our best self. So you can, like I use the example of me with illness, but that's only to show how hard it can get before it can turn, Mm -hmm. but to also show how perfect the journey actually is in order to bring us into our best self and to make us, you know, as grounded and, and as kind to ourselves yeah. as we need to be to move forward yeah. and give our best self to the world. Yeah. Well, in the end, you know, we're always going to come across and be impacted with bad things. Like that just happens. Sure. Like, And it, we yeah. can either like have this perspective that, oh, my gosh, my life is over. There's no point. This is too hard. I give up. Or it's like, okay, what's going on? How can I be in the best position to just go through this and yes. learn what I need to <clears throat> learn and then – Fingers crossed, hopefully, because I'm thinking positively, come out the other end and be in a better place than ever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think all of us have said at some stage, what's the point? And we probably will again. Yeah. But, you know, on days like that, rather than try, like another thing I do say in, in Bloom through about surrendering is, we can also get caught up in always looking for the positive mm-hmm. and yeah. we actually need to allow yep. ourselves to feel the, the sadness or the anger and the, the grief or whatever. Yep. And so on days when you sort of think, oh, what's the point? 
it's like, okay, well, today is a day I may not actually be able to find a blessing. I'll, I can look around, find things to be grateful for. Yeah. That will elevate my mood a little bit. But maybe I just need to have a day off trying today. Yeah. And just be, go out, get some autumn sunshine, yeah. go and do something. Totally. And then the next day you can find the blessings or you can take the next step forward. But we need to be gentle on ourselves and surrender to what it is, mm-hmm. to, to the experience that we're going through. But then it's also up to to us how long we stay in it. Yeah. Yes. You know, so we've got it. We need to feel our pain. We need to allow our pain to come out and to be expressed and yes. to be released. But then, after a while, we either let the pain rule us, or we start saying, um, "Okay, I'm I'm sort of a bit done with being in this yeah. space now. I'm going to start. You know, I, I'm going to get on with life." Yeah, yeah, I like that. So it's like go through it, feel it, and then decide when you're done. Yes. And then have like your tools like gratitude, like yeah. yoga or meditation. Yeah. And, that and it's helps. just accepting it, isn't it? Mm. Accepting that, okay, I don't feel very good today mm. and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to just, I'm going to feel <clears throat> cra- crappy. Yeah. I'm going to feel sad and angry maybe. Yes. And I'm just going to like not force myself to be happy because that's just a negative and a negative. Yeah. Like forcing yourself to be another way doesn't make any sense. Mm. But if we just let it flow and then later – will be in this really great space whereas if you like bottle it up yeah it'll just continue to impact us for a very long time in little little bits oh, won't so it could like manifest elsewhere yes, yes yeah in so in so many ways and and then also we recognize that life is good and and when it does change yeah, because yeah. it's just great and smooth all the so time so true well we, we can become a little bit blase and ungrateful that's so for true. it yeah that's yeah. so true yeah. it's like such it's trusting isn't mm, it like yeah. this is, is that like like surrendering and trusting yes, they're yeah, similar is, things yeah. but sometimes like yeah it can be hard to remember that yeah. so i think that allowing yourself to feel is good because then eventually you remember it through the yes, feeling yes yeah, and, it, and it's a new, I'm like, it's like I don't I'm know like, what you're doing. <laughs> no, it's a new habit as well. Yeah. yeah. So you, you do surrender and, and then it, you'll recognise that a new new habit's forming. Or, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's like anything, you get better with practice. Mm. Yeah. So, so you let go. You don't know what the next step is. You don't know what it's all about. But you're going to trust and you're going to yeah. trust that somehow this is – for the right reasons mm. and not overanalyze it like yes. paralysis through analysis like oh yeah how do we stop doing that though because i'm a bit like that like yeah. i'll just get stuck in my head well presence yeah through, through presence so living in the now yeah. Yeah. yeah and like finding the things that help you do we that, talked about yoga. that yesterday. i mean yoga yeah. is my like like i'll be one person then come mm. out boom another person i'm yes. like oh Yes, exactly. So, like finding your thing. It might yeah. not be yoga. It could be walking on the beach. That's another good or one. Or just just creating a habit that makes you stop every now and then and yeah. take a breath. Yeah, so true. yeah. It's. I mean, the new habits to create, and that's that's where the the wisdom comes in because we know what we have to do, but to actually keep remen- remembering yeah. to do those, the more you do that and it becomes a, a new habit, then yeah, the more you can actually be present and allow it to be whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like you can know it but practicing it, that's the thing. That's well, yeah, the magic. That's the game changer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to do it. Like, cause it's like, yeah, you so, can tell oh, me to yeah. meditate, but I'm really yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like everything, isn't it? Eating healthy, exercising, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Well, it's all step by step. Yeah, yeah no, little small steps. Yeah, yeah, we always go on about all the small about steps, it. just little um, baby steps. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting you're talking about like living a simple life. Mm. Like, I love that kind of concept. Yes. Um, 
when did you decide that that's how you wanted to live? When I was so broke, I had no choice. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then as I started getting back into the world and earning money, I realized that I didn't actually want um, all the other stuff that isn't simple. Wow. You know? So I was also doing a lot of house sitting and moving anywhere from every few weeks to every few months. Wow. And so I had everything down to five or six boxes mm-hmm. and driving a little car, um, a Subaru Fiori, which is about the size of a rice bubble. <laughs> And so I'd lug everything in, lug everything out. And so anything that would come my way, I'd think, uh, okay, you know, this is another thing. Uh Is this thing important enough to add to the weight of me lugging it in and out of houses and stuff like that? And I'd given away everything I'd owned um, twice and it was so freeing to not – not have stuff, but then there is that sense of that yearning for home and you, and my own, the need for my own kitchen and yeah. mm-hmm. um, or the desire for my own kitchen. Um, so, yeah, it was sort of through a combination of those two things that moving house regularly helped me become great at culling and, mm. and just not not uh, accepting stuff. Mm-hmm. And But the other thing was when I was so broke, I, I had no choice but to – to live simply, and I mean, I mean, when I say I was I was broke, and I did a lot of poverty in my adult years prior to becoming um, a mum and, and wow. breaking through this time with the book and everything. So I, you know, I was in the Centrelink system for quite a long time, mm-hmm. really trying to get my act together. Um, and then, but I also went down to the point that I was on food vouchers from the Salvos mm-hmm. and Lifeline and wow. or, um, Vinnies and stuff. And even so broke that I was trying to work out how to get two vouchers, not just one, because that voucher wasn't going to be enough and, wow. you know, all this sort of stuff. And and the only clothes I had were what the Salvos gave to me. So it wasn't what I bought at the Salvos. It yeah. was like what the Salvos Whoa. said, wow. okay, go into our Salvo store. You have two jumpers, two shirts, okay. two pairs of trousers. And I'm like, woohoo. And, yeah. you know, so I actually went right to the bottom in order to to climb out of that and it yeah. took that for me to realize what um what receiving is really about mm-hmm. i was conditioned to never to just always um you know be able to look after yourself and be mm-hmm. self-sustaining don't accept help from anyone and, mm-hmm. and yeah it doesn't help anyone to be like that we you know I, i'm a giver and i've had so much joy in giving to people. If we can't learn to receive, we deny that other people that that pleasure of giving. It's so true. Yeah, you wrote about that in the book, didn't I, you? I did. Yeah. yeah. And also, I've you know, a thing about receiving is we can also think, okay, well, I'm good at receiving in this part of my life, but I don't want to have to receive in that part of my life. My ego can't handle asking for help in this yeah. this part. But it's not like that. It's not. Con- we can't be conditional with receiving. Yeah. It's like. I'm going to receive on all levels, or yeah. or the flows. I'm not going to understand I the language I'm putting that. out there. Such a good reminder mm. for us and everyone. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, about receiving because I'm. I mean, I think women naturally give a lot. Yes, we do. Of we, course, we just want to give yeah, and give and give, and and a lot of women struggle to receive. And I'm men too, but I'm mm. a woman, so that's what I relate to. Yeah, sure. But um, I know, like, yeah. I've struggled to receive. It's been a thing that we've worked on yeah. in the business, but as like an individual as well, it's something yes. I struggle with. Yeah, like we used to say no to help. Like mm-hmm. if people would be like, do you want some help with that? We'd be like, oh, no, 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 we could do it. We yeah. could do it. Yeah, sure. Like we're like strong, independent women. Like we're business owners, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. And then like when we heard about this receiving Yeah, thing, we read more about it. We read it. more about it. We're like, oh, we've been saying no. We're like, let's start saying yes. It's so much more <laughs> fun as yes, well and yes. nice. And you meet more people and you chat and even if you don't yeah. actually end up 
using whatever they're giving you like mm. you learn something or you just connect with yeah. someone new like yes. instead so of putting this boundary yeah like you yeah. get rid of a boundary i think yeah, yeah. and, it's, and yeah. it's not dictating it's another form of surrendering because you're not dictating yeah. how things are going to unfold mm. you're open to to receiving however yeah. things come, come to you so for me once i became ill you know that was a bigger lesson in receiving and it's been fantastic for wow. me because it's okay to say well like I did when I just arrived here yeah I, I handed you the bottle to open yeah. for me so that you know I don't have to use my teeth yeah and, you know I'm doing really well with RA now I'm riding a push bike I jump on a trampoline wow. I could even get up these stairs I couldn't have done that of a few course. years ago at all right, yeah but I also know that I could get this bottle opened mm-hmm. this water bottle for the, the podcast listeners <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's much easier yeah. for, for me and my hands or my teeth to just ask for yeah. you to open it yeah. so instead I just hand it to Emma yeah. and it's open so yeah I mean it's we've we've uh, the world's a better place if we can learn to let the flow of giving and receiving yes. flow, truly flow yeah, I love that so much. Okay, everybody listening. Give and, f- give and receive. <laughs> Let's all practice that this yeah. week. That's like, that yeah. could be our like, thing we focus on. And it on. might be a thing where it's like, you know, usually there's an imbalance, isn't there? It's like you're either receiving too much maybe or you're giving too much. And it's like I being aware of what maybe you, which one you're in and then it's like, okay, I'm going to receive one thing this week. Be open to it or mm. I'm going to give one thing. Yes. And that could yeah. be just like a compliment, giving a compliment. Or time. Time. I think yeah, that, that's time's a big gift. the yeah. amazing, most yeah. amazing resource ever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it is an ebb and flow as well. So sometimes yeah, so we, we yeah. are strong yes. and in a really great place where we can give a lot. So true. And then there's other times when, you know, we have to be in receiving yes. mode. In, a gen, in general day-to-day we can do both. Yeah. yeah. But, but there's times when we're flying yep. or there's times when we're really down. So yeah, we so have true. to at least acknowledge that, that this is, okay, this is a different sort of ebb and flow at the moment. Yeah. And then it, ba- mm. it ba- all balances in the, out in, in the, the end. end. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know someone also spoke about um, that maybe even in within relationships, it's like you might be the giver and they may receive more, but you have to make sure that it's balanced in your like whole circle of relationships. Yeah, it might not be like that that same mm. person gives back to you that you that might receive. But yeah, but you might mm. receive like from X amount of people. Mm. I don't know, yeah. I found that interesting because it's like sometimes it's it is like within individual relationships, like two people that someone is the more of the giver and sure. one is more of the yeah. receiver. Yeah. Well, it's like I guess like mother and child. Like, oh, not like, yeah. you know, like that, well, you, like, you use to. that as an example. It's like the mum is probably giving more to it's the like, child. like, why are you not getting me dinner already? <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn to do the dishes. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, so um, what do you think is the biggest takeaway from Bloom, like of readers? I, I think, um, well, for me, there's a lot of takeaways, okay? Mm. Um, but the thing that I think is most important is to leave space in your life. Mm. Space is my yeah. my love at the moment. Yeah. That um, we can get so caught up in, in the doing that we forget how to be and that through, through being ill I've learnt that I have limits but the thing is we all have limits mm. and – we think we don't and we can just keep going, keep going, keep going. Whereas if we leave some space in between all of it, then we can keep going but in a really healthy, wholesome way. Mm -hmm. And so if you find yourself with 10 minutes to spare, 
you know, just sit and enjoy watching people go by or mm. hear a bird in the distance mm. or something like that rather than straight on to scrolling through mm-hmm. oh social media or whatever. So good. Um, Such good advice. Yes. Oh. And if, if we get uh, like cancelled plans or something like that, what I've found is if I honour those those plans and don't be tempted to fill, fill them with um, another thing that needs doing, if I just think, oh, okay, well, I've found myself with an hour to spare here. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'll go mm. for a bike ride not to um, get fit or lose weight or anything like that. I'll go for a bike ride because it's a beautiful day and I feel like going for a ride. Or I'll just lie on the trampoline in the sun and look at the clouds and or whatever um, or just play with my gorgeous kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I honour those those times with um, just doing stuff that feels good and that might just be sitting at the beach and not even walking on the beach, mm. whatever. Um, life then provides shortcuts to the solutions that I'm looking for anyway. Wow. So mm. it's it's like they'll, you know, li- life will give me the answer I need or it will just show me that um, or, or, or I'll run into someone who I've been trying to meet up with for ages and it's just got too hard mm. with our schedules and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, boom, there it is. It's just flow, it's yeah. just flowed to us naturally. So for me, I mean, there's so much in, in bloom, but surrendering brings, brings immense relief and freedom when you can truly surrender to allowing the moment to be whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and just value the gift of space because it's actually a lot more magical than, than it's given credit for. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And we actually, we spoke about it this afternoon. Well, because we were, we'll we'll we're talking about it because we were like, yeah. we've got to make sure we touch on space. On space. Yeah. And we've talked about it like so many times yeah. since our lunch. Like, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, space. Oh, and like that cancelled. Okay, let's let's not fill yeah. it with anything. Like, let's just like be. And I just think that's just the best thing ever that I've ever heard, yeah. I think. Like, and I think because, you know, today we are – connected to these little things called our mobile phones and laptops like we're always on we're always connected digitally like electronically like sometimes it's just like you want to chuck the phone like it's just like get away like i just i need like it's like uh, me and kyle both deleted our facebook apps off our phones yeah because well it was done. just like yeah, it was too know. much. Yeah. It was just like, what am I doing? I'm literally probably spending hours and hours scrolling. The only yeah, space, the only thing we did with the space that we had was scroll. Yeah, and so like deleting that app meant has now meant that the space is not filled. And I think that that's so amazing. And it was just from deleting an app. Yeah, like that wasn't serving us whatsoever it doesn't and it actually like that space i bet it's made your life more manageable in other ways i feel so calm yeah yeah yes it it does it's you you can't believe it until you start acknowledging it and the more space that you um the more you respect the space you're given the more you're given Mm. and it just and then those shortcuts keep coming and and life Mm. helps you along because you're leaving space for it to do so yeah yeah it's like yeah, yeah diminish the overwhelm. Mm. Like that's what it's done. Yeah, like stop forcing. Like yeah. just have the space and let it flow. Yeah, and don't strive. Just yeah, allow. Yeah. You know, and, and when you do that, you know when to take action. Yeah. yeah. We all still have to take action, but but we also if we dare to step away and 
and because a lot of the action can be from fear, you know, driven yes. through through fear. So if you surrender and just allow it to be, you'll know when it's time to take action, and your action will be really productive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, love I love it. that so much. I love it all. Oh, um, I love everything. I know we've talked a little <laughs> bit about um intuition and heart. How do you connect with your intuition, in your opinion? Well, I honour it. When it when it speaks, I, I honour it, regardless of how much my head sometimes might say, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, but well, maybe I'll just try this. No, I, don't, yeah. I really don't want to do this. You're telling me to do this, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. But I'm going to. Wow. Because I've learnt the hard way if I don't. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, you can really do the long way around or cause a lot of unnecessary hurt or learning or wasted energy if you don't. Yeah. And so for me it's just been just knowing that I, I have to do certain things and not understanding why mm. but trusting. And so, again, it's a practice thing as, yeah. as your relationship with, with which, you know, your intuition is your heart's voice and your relationship with that deepens the more more you honour it. Yeah. So where I'm at at the moment um, after uh, in, in a month I'm doing some events but after that I'm actually taking some time off yeah. and I don't know what that time's about but I know that the whole journey of Bloom, the five years of it and has been enormous for me and I just want some time off to get back to my creativity being free, to, mm, to yeah. let the creativity tell me what it wants rather than me having to create a product out of whatever comes through. Yes. And um, and that's not to say I won't down the track, but I, I just want some space. I, I need some more space just to have and just to be. So I've actually said no to a, a lot of opportunities in the first few months after the events mm. because I my, my intuition is just saying just fill yourself up with just some sunshine and, and just, you know, time to read some novels or something and... Um, and just hang out with Eleanor without trying to squeeze too much in. Yeah, um, love that. So that you know, that's an intuitive process. I don't know what lies ahead. Then I don't know. You know, you can think, oh, have I got enough money to do it that way mm. or whatever? But I just know that it will be worth it down the track because it will bring me to a new place of readiness. So I'll come in at a at a different level again. Mm. And that will be a shortcut rather than striving, trying to force things and think, what am I doing next? Got to do this, got to do that. I just think, no, I'm just going to step away for a while and when I'm ready, I'll just come in and I'll be full. I'll, I'll be giving from a place of overflow instead of a place yeah. of three quarters empty or whatever. Wow. Mm. Love it. Oh, my gosh. And doesn't that just <laughs> sound so enjoyable? Like rather than like mm. trying to figure out what is your next step? It like, just is like, like it's like, like stressing oh. out about your next step and what's your next thing and what is it going to be? Mm. Like just let it happen. Like take be space. Patient. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, patient. Patient. And it takes a lot of courage. That, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm right. You know, you yeah. So true. Yeah. Um, so courageous. And, and yeah, but it, comes it, it always comes it, it always does doesn't yeah. it it's like yeah. you don't have to be stressed like who mm. says that we have to be stressed mm. like for some reason everyone thinks like you have to be like yeah. you know like yeah. wired like i just i feel that and it's like you know what like we've been stressed at times about money and stuff and then we've been like oh, see what happens and it always works out like yeah. always and um yeah. like Often, like, I know, Bronnie, you saw a post that we posted once that sometimes yeah. we feel like we're not doing enough because, yes. like, it's almost like, 
I've been enjoying my life too much <laughs> yeah. that I feel bad. Like, that, like, like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, um, I haven't been doing too much because I've been really calm and I've been like not stressed. Like, I've been to yoga yeah. way too much. <laughs> and it's like, hang on a second, Carla. Like, that's a good that's thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Like that you haven't been in overwhelm and you mm. haven't been stressed and freaking yeah. out about money or whether like this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, funny. I mean, I, you know, I do. I learn it. I, I relearn the lessons over yeah. and over yeah. until it just becomes more natural to be the other way. Yeah. And we do live in a society that glorifies busy. Yes. yes. And that's ridiculous. I mean, what, what is that? That's, what that's is that? crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to be able to say I'm loving life. You know, people say, well, how's your life? Oh, I don't want to say, oh, it's just so busy. I didn't have time to <laughs> Yeah. It was fantastic. I yeah. stopped and I breathed and I experienced it. I yeah. want to experience yeah. it, not just see it go by now. Yeah. You had time oh, to look yeah. at the sky and the clouds and the sun, like the smell stars. the clouds. Maybe don't look at the sun, but um, <laughs> I always think that, yeah. like, just admire what's around yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. I love uh, it. So many so good much. messages so during many. this. So many. I know. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. And it makes you just think, yeah, life is magical. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> it so is. before we wrap up, I reckon we need to talk about these events. Yeah, me too. So if you're free at the time Make sure you events. get to them. <laughs> so Bronnie's going to chat to us yes. about her events, which are coming up. This week is the first I one. I know. Yeah, um, on Thursday the 4th. Um, yeah. Of is, May. Yeah, mm-hmm. Thursday 4th of May in Brisbane. Um, and then the sixth, Saturday the 6th of May in Melbourne, good old Melbourne town. <laughs> and then uh, f- the 18th of May, Thursday the 18th of May in Sydney mm-hmm. and finishing on Saturday the 20th of May in Perth. Amazing. And they're going to be really – they're going to be beautiful. They're going to be like nothing that's that's out there. They're yeah. a combination of um, a personal growth event and an inspirational talk, but they also include a little bit of meditation, mm. um, <coughs> excuse me, a workshop, uh, a, a little bit of workshop in the sense that bring a notebook because we'll do a few written exercises. But there's also music and there's also um, community energy happening that will be happening where it, it's it's just – there's a lot there and it's about creating a regret-free life oh. and looking at the tools that we need to create a regret-free life and how to be gentle on ourselves. Mm. But it's but it's learning it in a uh, – because, you know, human connection is such an important part of, of our happiness and our joy. So we can learn all this stuff online or in a book on our mm-hmm. own, but this is done in, in, a, in a really loving, fun, beautiful environment. Um, where you actually feel that these are tools that you you can take home, not just f- feel inspired from an event mm-hmm. and then the next day think, oh, that was great, but now I've got no idea what I'm going to do next. Um, yeah. You'll have an idea what to do next. Oh, that's so, amazing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's um, They've been a long time coming. My own readiness and timing mm. wasn't right. And yeah, I'm just I'm just looking so forward to getting people off their computers yeah. into these beautiful uh, into this beautiful energy and the atmosphere that we're creating, and um, yeah, and just having fun, having some, having some fun. And totally, it sounds doing our thing. amazing. I think and events are just next level. Like, I mean, we always ne- talk about yeah. how good events are. For- well, I mean, because you mm. meet people in real life, and yeah. you meet people you're not necessarily going to meet walking to the down the street or at the coffee yes. shop, and you're not going to have these conversations with these people. Mm. And they, 
I don't know, we've just formed some of the most amazing magical relationships from events. Mm-hmm. Through the shared experience. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's always a common interest in yeah. that. Yeah. So if anyone is free on those dates, make sure you grab your tickets. We're going to put the links in the show notes so you can directly go and check them out in your city. It was Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney and Perth. That's right. That's right. Yes. Um, and... I think you guys are going to love it. We saw Bronnie talk and it was amazing. So yeah. and that was only for 20 minutes. Yeah, so this is the whole event. So it's yeah. a three-hour event. Yeah, three hours. so like, this is going to be next level kind of stuff. Now, um, Bronnie, we have one last question for you. Sure. Um, but before we get to that, where is your website where so everyone should go? On, on the internet. On the internet. In the world? It's Bronnie Ware. So Bronnie is like Bonnie with an R in it. Bronnie. And Ware as in like Bunnings Warehouse. So it's spelled <laughs> that way. Or you could look at it with a huge oversight from my mother when she named me, Beware. So <laughs> oh! But I'm also BMW, so I've got a bit of class. Oh, you know? I love that. Um, so Bronnyware, Bronnyware.com. Perfect. Awesome. And that link as well will be in the show notes too, so go and check it out. Now, Bronny, if there was a overall mantra that either today's conversation mm. is about or your life was about, mm-hmm. what would it be? That the greatest show of gratitude we can give to life is to enjoy it as fully as possible. Love it. Do you want to say it one more time? <laughs> I <laughs> missed <Sure>. start. <laughs> On Instagram. You oh, you, Instagram. I can't remember it off my heart. <laughs> wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. wait one second, guys. Podcast listeners, just bear with us yeah. for one moment. Okay, <laughs> let's say it again. Drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> the, man, one, the mantra that Bronnie would like to share today is... Is uh, I can't remember the exact word. <laughs> Emma. The, the greatest show of appreciation we can give to life is to enjoy it as fully as possible. Love I it. Love it. Yeah. I love it so, so much. And, Bronnie, <laughs> we... That is what social media does. It stuffs the flow. Yeah, it, it does. does. <laughs> See? See what happened there? Get off your phones. <laughs> but it also adds humour. It does. <laughs> Bronnie, we're so grateful for you coming into our studio today and sharing this space. Like, it has been... I don't know, like I just feel like this hour has flown by but it's been filled with like just magical. And it's like this calm. Yeah, I feel so calm. It's like this very calm energy. Thank you. Bless you both for what you do as well and what you bring to the world. You know, I just love the joy that you radiate. So thank you both. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Bronnie. And thank you, listeners. Yes, thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you so much. 